There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul. And Baruch Hashem, we've reached another Friday afternoon here in Johannesburg as the kind of the school year almost ends and we start turning our attention to the upcoming holiday. Thank you all for taking the time. Thank you all for joining us on our on the radio as we get ready and prepare ourselves for Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Toldos, which beautiful, beautiful Shabbos, one of the most interesting and intriguing Parshas of the entire of the entire year, the brachas of Yaakov and and uh, and Esav. Just, uh, uh, I mean, it's it's one of the most difficult things in in the in the Torah to to un- understand. And in fact, the the uh, the Torah tells us that after Yitzchak discovers that uh, Yaakov had taken the brachas, he says to Esav, "Bo your brother came." With trickery or turning to be translated as great wisdom by and he took your 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 blessing and there were obviously some major difficulties with this whole story of Yaakov taking the the brochus from from uh, from Esav. I mean the the Alshech asks that it's certain that Yitzchak knew that Yaakov sat and studied Torah. In the, in the tents of Shem and Eva, while Asif was a wild man who uh, spent his days, I don't know, uh, hunting in the, in the, in the fields. For sure, he knew that. Yitzchak was not a doddering old man who didn't know what was going on. Furthermore, he knew that Yaakov was born, Chazal tells he was born mole, he was born with a, with a brismila, which is a sign of, a real Kedusha. While Asif was born, Without a bris and, and never even had a bris for his entire, for his entire life. The Medrash says that when he was a baby, he was, uh, he wasn't given a bris because he was a daimi. He was red. And when he got older, he completely refused to have a bris. So if so, why did Yitzchak want to even give Esav the brach and not Yaakov? So the Medrash in Shemay Rabba also makes it clear that Yitzchak knew the truth uh, 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 by, by saying that Avram and Yitzchak studied Torah with Yaakov and taught him all they knew before sending him to the uh, to the uh, uh, to the yeshiva of, of Shem forever. And Esau, we know, and always missed those classes. He never wanted to learn to learn Torah. So Yitzchak knew all about him. We also see that Yitzchak said, "Akoyil kol Yankov, the voice is the voice of Yankov." So it's explained that he heard when he heard him saying the Shem Hashem that he peppered his conversation with mentions of the name of Hakadosh Baruch Hu throughout the conversation. So he knew that Yaakov did this, and, and Esau did not. The Medrash also tells us that Esau used to capture men and women, and he and he actually tortured them. Additionally, his wives used to burn uh, incense for their for their avodah for their idols every day in front of Yitzchak and Rivka, which pained them so so much. The Talchum, Medrash Talchum says that the Shechina 
right, uh, 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 lived, we know, in, in Yitzchak's tent, but then it departed because of the, the Avodah of the, the, the idol worship of Esav's wives, and Hashem made Yitzchak blind so that he shouldn't even see the wicked acts and, and be even more hurt by it. The Medjus also says that Hashem made Yitzchak blind so that he should not have to look at even at the face of, of, of the wicked, of the wicked Esav. The Tanchuma elsewhere in next week's parasha says that Leah was really destined to marry Esav and Rachel was going to marry Yaakov. And Leah went out to the streets and asked about Esav and heard that he was such a wicked person and a, and a murderous and, and, and that he performed all these terrible, abominable acts. So we see that Medrash said even even in Kharan there was no CNN in those days and no and no no cell phones. Even in Kharan where Leah lived, it was common knowledge that Asaph was a was a despicable human being. So for sure Yitzchak was aware of this also, which makes the fact that he wanted to give him the brachas even more even more perplexing. Furthermore, just to add a little more fuel to the fire, it stated that Rivka wanted Yaakov to receive the brachas because she had a nevuah. She had a prophecy that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent through shame. That the older one is going to serve the younger one. So she knew from this nevuah that Hashem's will was for Yaakov to receive the brachas. So it's certain that had Yitzchak known this nevuah, he would have for sure followed the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the bottom line is, why didn't she tell him to Yitzchak? And, and lastly, why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu bring about to occur in such a way that these brachas, which included everything, all the good that would be given to Kali Yisrael throughout the entire history of the world, should come in, in a, such a manner of, of deceit and, 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 and treachery? The Medrash, in fact, says that Yaakov was rendered blind that Yaakov could fool him and take and take the brachos wouldn't have been much more preferable for Hakadosh Baruch Hu to command Yitzchak to give Yaakov the bracha, so that the whole game wouldn't have been involved and wouldn't have been necessary to give to give the brachos. So to answer the question, so I want to quote the words of of Mashgiach of Chaim of Chaim Friedlander in his in his sefer. On this week's Pasha, which kind of explains what Esau's whole mission in life was. He says, he begins by explaining that Kalisa were created and live in a supernatural way. The Ovas and Imois were all, were all barren, were all people who were created in such a way that they were completely unable to have, uh, to have children and, and to give to give birth in children in order that the world not be extended through natural through natural means since the entire nation was developed and literally born in a manner that totally defies nature so they're not then subject to the laws of nature he asks why Esau was born 
in such an unnatural way as well. I Esau was not such a great tzaddik. Yaakov was born in a manner that defies nature to symbolize to and how his descendants are not defined by the natural way. So but so why was then Esau created in, in the same supernatural way? Shafrin Lakrotz, Rav, Rav Isaac Chover, who says that the, the Medrash compares Esav to Chaff. This is because the Chaff is, is merely a, a shield for the wheat, which is the important article. So too, he says, Esav is meant to be a protector of Klaiso. Esav was created so when Klaiso goes off this path, when Klaiso strays a little bit, he would be given the power over them and cause them to suffer until they do tshuva and return to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. For this reason, Esav is different than all the other nations of the world. All the other nations are not dependent at all on Klaiso. They live according to their laws of nature and they rise and fall through the normal and natural means that nations come and come and go. The rise or fall of Esav, however, is completely dependent on Klaliso. He is just like the, the protection of, of the wheat. It has no purpose other than its function in relation to the wheat that it's, that it's protecting. So to Esav only exists in relation, in relation to Klaliso. If Klaliso is acting properly, then Esav will serve them. If they stray, then Esav uh, 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 strikes them and causes them to to suffer until they finally get the message and and do and do tshuva. That's the reason why Esav was also born in this supernatural way, just like Yaakov was. Uh, Esav is also not subject to the normal laws of nature. He only rises and falls in relation to Klal Yisrael, not in a natural, natural way. Therefore, Klaliso was only commanded to destroy Amalek, who are obviously the descendants of Esau, after they entered Eretzeshel. At that point, they no longer needed Esau to serve the purpose of, of causing them to suffer and repent. Because when they got to Eretzeshel, they had reached such a level of Shlemus, such a level of protection, uh, such a level of, of, of perfection that they, they never had, uh, uh, uh before. And, uh, when Amalek attacked them originally in the, in the desert, because at that time in the Midbar, they were weak in their service of Hashem. And while, while Amalek never succeeded in, in, in wiping out uh, uh, while Amalek was never never wiped out, that's because Klaisol had not yet reached a level where they could exist without without uh, Asa. But when they got to Eretz Yisrael, there Amalek could be eradicated. We'll come back and wrap this up and carry on with the Chazyantov in a moment. This is one one point nine Chai FM on the Soul to Soul program on the greatest radio station in all of Africa. There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. 
Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, back on your radio here in Johannesburg on Friday afternoon, as we always do at this time, to just give you the important times and information you need to know for this Shabbos. Shabbos, Kodesh Pashas told us the sixth Pasha of the Torah. Candle lighting this afternoon is the standard Johannesburg summertime, which is at quarter past six. The absolute latest time for getting your candles up is 27 minutes past 6, 6.27. Sunset is at about quarter to 7. Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at 7.20, 20 minutes past 7. As we know, today is the first day of Kodesh Kislev, first Kodesh Kislev. And tomorrow, Pasha's told us, we read the normal Haftarah. For Pasha's told us, as we know, Hanukkah is just about three weeks away from us. So just to sort of take Rav Chaim's idea and, and bring it to, to, to fruition. So the way it comes out, he says, is that the, the, uh, the Yitzchak, the major says that Yitzchak actually bequeathed two inheritances to his sons. The, the coil, the voice was given to Yaakov. And the Yadayim, the hands, were given to Esav. So, which means that actually, he says, two distinct ways that Klal Yisrael becomes stronger in Torah. They can either use the voice by listening to the Nevi'im and listening to the to the great Chachamim and following their words, or they can use the hands of Esav. In other words, by, 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 uh, by responding to the persecution that Esau's gonna bring to them, that will also bring them to the, to the, uh, grade. I mean, the Gemara says in, 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 uh, in, in Megillah that the act of Achashverosh, removing his ring and giving it to, to Haman, had a greater impact on Klai Yisrael than the words of 48 different prophets. So, for the hands of Esau to be an effective tool, to strengthen Klai Yisrael, it was necessary to kind of imbue Esav and all of his descendants with a fiery hatred towards Yaakov and his offspring. Usually, a man cannot bring himself to hate his own brother to such an extent. Therefore, something had to be done to give Esav such a level of pure hatred. In order to instill Esau with such an intense hatred for Klaiso, Hashem caused Yitzchak to promise the brachas to him, which forced Yaakov to take them through gold, through, through the whole, through the whole uh, uh, tricks and, and, and trickery and, 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 and the lies. This led Esau to hate Yaakov immensely. And, and his passionate hatred was then sort of became part of the Yerusha was passed down to his descendants who continued to try to oppress Yaakov's descendants. Therefore, <clears throat> when Yaakov is weak in Torah because he's too immersed in, in the physical blessings of this world, Esav arises and uses his hands to attack him, which then arouses Yaakov to strengthen themselves in Torah and Tshuva once again. For this reason, Hashem never told 
Yitzchak to give the bracha to Yaakov and not Esav. Had Esav not been promised the brachas, he never would have developed such a, a terrible hatred towards Yaakov. And the Yodayim of Esav, the hands of Esav, would never have had the, the power, the, the ferocity to bring, to bring Yaakov to do, to do tshuva. Esav's entire purpose is to serve as a medium for Yaakov to grow and improve. And if the brachas hadn't been given in this way, that purpose could never have been fulfilled. That's also the reason why Yitzchak Avinu wanted to give the brachas dafka to Esav, even though he definitely was aware that Yaakov was the righteous of, of the two brothers. He feared that giving Yaakov the, the brachas of Oynam Hazel, all the worldly blessings, would cause him to, to, to veer from the derech hatayr, from the way, from the true path of, of Emes, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, uh, 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 caused him to have these thoughts so that he would promise the brachas to Esav, forcing Yaakov to take them through the guile, through, through trickery, and thereby causing Esav to intensely hate him. Rivka Imenu realized that Hashem had revealed to her through the Nevoah that the brachas were intended for Yaakov and not for Esau. But she understood that this was only revealed to her and Hashem wanted this to remain hidden from Yitzchak so that he would promise the brachas to Esau. Therefore, she chose not to tell him about the revelation to allow HaKadosh Baruch Hu's plan to in fact take take its its effect. We are learning in our local segment about the laws of fire on, on Yom Tov, when or not you're allowed, we spoke, we started speaking already last week and the week before about what one is allowed to do in terms of cooking, uh, uh, on, uh, on, uh, on Yom Tov. We said that one can, uh, put a stove, a stove up in order to be able to, uh, uh cook on, uh, on, on, on Shabbos. Um, in terms of the laws of of electricity, of using electricity on on Shabbos, so obviously uh, part of the iser of Yom Tov is to put on a new uh, electric light or something on on Yom Tov. Uh, I can't I can't switch on a uh, a light or an electric oven on 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 Yom Tov because that's obviously what whatever we want, but we believe. Uh, putting on electricity is, is putting on a fire or, 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 or building that remains forbidden. And similarly, I cannot, I cannot, uh, uh, put on any kind of an electrical machine on, uh, on, on, on Yom Tov. However, in the same way as one is allowed to, to raise the level of, uh, of, uh, of a fire in order to, to heat food on, on Shabbos, so too, you could turn up a, a light or, or, or a stove, provided that the turning it up simply adds more power to the existing filament and doesn't create the need to refire a new filament, which then would be an act of creating, creating fire. We'll be back in a moment with our final segment. This is 1.9 FM, Soul to Soul. Please stay with us. 
There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM, we're back on the radio on a Friday afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us as you drive home or you're busy in your kitchen or something. Give us a, a shout. Let us know that you are listening. It's always good to know that there are people out there actually tuning in to the broadcasts. So in terms of electricity on Shabbos, obviously one is not uh, on Yom Tov. One is not allowed to speak on Shabbos, let's say, using a uh, a microphone or to speak on any kind of a, a telephone or on any kind of a intercom, because Chazal made a decree on all these kind of uh, uh, machines that uh, promote and, uh, and amplify a, a a voice, and also it it looks totally and completely like a a weekday a weekday uh, activity, and therefore it's what we call zilzal hachag. It, it's uh, showing a lack of honor and a lack of respect for for the yomtiv for the yomtiv itself. But one, uh, let's say, one would we mentioned before, one would uh, be allowed if someone is is a bit hard of of hearing. One can use both on Shabbos and Yantif. Can can use a, a hearing a hearing aid which is connected to the to the ear because since the person speaking uh actually all it does is kind of uh regulate the the flow of uh, of of the current in the uh, in the uh, in the machine that's considered to be to be a, a grama but you cannot turn on or off the machine on 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 shabbos uh, on Shabbos, it would be forbidden to raise or lower the the volume of the of the uh, sound on the on uh, the hearing aid. But on Yontif, we say that is that is uh, a mutter, because in the same way as we say by cooking, one is allowed to raise the heat of a fire or to make it. Weaker again, provided it's using the same, the filament, one can do it on, one can do using the rule of mitoich, one can do it for anything. And obviously in the same way as on Shabbos, you have a problem, let's say opening your, your fridge, if when you open it, a, a light is going, is going to go on, that remains forbidden on, on Yom Tov. And again, Whatever we've discussed before in terms of dealing with that situation in, in the laws of Shabbos would equally apply to, to Yom Tov. One can go back into the archives and we did a whole shear on how to handle situations like that on, uh, on, 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 on Shabbos. The Chazal learned from, from the Posuk uh, of, uh, Sase Kom Lochot that, uh, that uh, what is forbidden on Shabbos and Yantiv is only what is considered to be asias malacha, but uh, if the malacha is done by itself, even though we caused it to be done, but we didn't actually do it, that's what we call gurama, and there's no there's no Torah prohibition for that, and therefore 
where there is a, a, a great need that will be allowed on, on Shabbos. Let's say, for example, God forbid there's a, there's a fire, so I can put around where the fire is something that will stop, that will stop it from conflagrating. And that certainly will become permissible on, on Yom Tiv. Also, it needs a little bit more elucidation, but the clock says that it's almost news time, as it always seems to, to be. And Bez Hashem will come and air this uh, uh, fully uh, next week as as we go forwards. And just before we take leave of you, to thank you all for making the time as we head into December. Bez Hashem will still be able to spend uh, a bit of time together wherever you might be, in Joburg or down the coast. And uh, we'll learn. We'll learn some halacha together. We'll, we'll carry on with what we're doing. And it's just always wonderful to have your support. As I say, your feedback would even be greater just to know that you are uh, listening. Just take the opportunity to wish each and every one of you a fantastic, fantastic Shabbos. It's really a time to be inspired, learn from the what we're talking about, the whole concept of what Yaakov and Esau uh, 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 signify in our lives and how we have to adhere to the strategies of of uh, Yaakov Ishtom Yoshev Oyalim and use that as a way of buttressing up our our lives. And as we take leave of you, we wish each and every one your beautiful, warm, inspired Shabbos of family, of community, of Torah, of closeness to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and wish each and every one you a good and kavaldi Shabbos.